You or someone you love needs help for an addiction. Where do you turn? Foundations Recovery Network offers individualized treatment for the whole person. Our goal goes beyond short-term sobriety. We address substance abuse and co-occurring mental health issues together, providing a firm foundation for long-term recovery. The first step is often the hardest, but we're here with a free assessment, insurance information, and treatment options. Our confidential helpline is available 24-7, so call 877-714-1318 and discover the Foundation's Recovery Network difference today. Yo, what's up? This is Jacoby from Papa Roach. This is Ryan Leaf. This is Rich Roll, and you're listening to Silver Guy Radio. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Sober Guy Radio. Thanks to Humans for bringing us in, and thanks to you for supporting the show. We're live in Nashville at the Innovations in Behavioral Healthcare Conference brought to you by Foundations Recovery Network. Big thanks to them for bringing Sober Guy Radio out to Nashville. We're having a fantastic time. Now, if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. I am Shane Raymer. I'm in long-term recovery, and I'm honored and grateful to serve the recovery community through the Sober Guy platform. So uh, much love to you, all of you out there listening. Um, we're going to get to our guest today, who I'm super excited to talk about in just a moment, but I want to say something real quick before we get started. If you're out there listening and you or someone you love is looking for a life free from addiction, you can have one. All you got to do is reach out and ask for help. And you can do that at thatsoberguy.com and get some resources there. And you can also go to foundationsrecoverynetwork.com where there's plenty of information and resources to choose from. So my guest today, who I am very excited to talk to, is Mr. Lee Pepper from Foundations Recovery Network. And uh, Lee is with us today. Uh, He is the Chief Marketing Officer for Foundations Recovery Network. And he's also a very cool dude. And uh, just uh, let's let's read a a little bit about his background. Uh, He's um, on the leadership team. Lee leads the Foundation's online marketing team's business development team. Uh, conference team and alumni team so he does a lot of things around here keeps this thing running smooth he's got a great team uh, that he works with to help do all that and something we're going to talk about today is how genuine and awesome the foundation's uh, network people are and how much they do care so uh, lee also spent eight years in the u.s army which i didn't know i just learned that which is pretty cool um and completing air assault school and officer candidate school and then finishing his service as an armor officer um, and Lee likes triathlons. He also likes shaving his legs, which we're going to get into in just a minute. And uh, has finished 30 triathlons, including two Ironman triathlons. Uh, does this say an Ultraman? Oh, an ultra marathon. I was going to say, Lee. Wow. Uh, you're married uh, to Jennifer Pepper, and you have two sons, Miles and Cy. Uh, it's quite the introduction there, Mr. Pepper. So it's great to have you on Sober Guy Radio. Thank you for uh, joining us today. Shane, thank you so much. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a pleasure. Um, to be with you today, especially after we've been, you know, working with you and supporting your your work uh, and your message that you're getting out every day, and so we're just I'm just happy, honored to be here. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I uh, Jess and I both honored to be here too, and um, I, I'm really excited to introduce you to the audience because everyone hears the foundations ads, right, and uh, get a lot of good feedback from them. Um, you know, from the ad itself, Jenny did a phenomenal job on the ad too, but it's great to sit and, uh, and, and let our folks in the sober guy community hear directly from you about foundations, get to know you a little bit and, uh, and, and see what you're up to. So, um, you like triathlons running, 
Uh, do you know what an Ultraman is? Have you heard of an Ultraman? Yeah, uh, that's one where you run like two Iron Mans or three Iron it's Mans in a row. It's ridiculous. I learned yeah. about it through Rich Roll, who uh, did one, um, and I actually went through his book. And yeah, it's, it's around the big island of Hawaii, I think. Mm-hmm. Brutal. I don't know how any human being could do something like that. but You know, um, when I got into doing triathlons, I was 40. I, I really didn't run since I'd been out of the Army Reserves for a long time. And, really? Um, was not running, didn't really like running. And um, when I turned 40, I kind of had like a little midlife crisis, you know, cholesterol was high and yeah. blood pressure was high. And I was like, I- I've got to do something. And a coworker of mine, she said, you should do a triathlon. And I was like, what is that? She started explaining it to me. And I did one, I did a sprint and I just got hooked. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. I learned that you can do anything. You might be slow and I'm not fast, but yeah. I will complete it. And, yeah. um, and I think that that has uh, served me well working with a lot of people you know in and out of recovery i I think that's uh, a motto that i just try to live by yeah i I was gonna i was gonna actually ask you that next um do you find that that extracurricular uh energy spent in 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 challenging yourself doing marathons even just going for a jog maybe um does that kind of help you um as almost a point of release to to let some of the work stuff go because obviously you know in, in in the work that you do um it can get serious sometimes yeah, I think that for me, I have tried. Um, I've tried a lot of things: meditation, yeah, I've tried yoga, um, and for whatever reason, my body makeup, my mental makeup, I do better when I'm training. Yeah, uh, when I can go and ride a century ride on my bike on a Sunday, when I can go train for a marathon, when I can train for an Ironman, I re- that's meditative for me. When I'm out yeah. there. And I don't run or train with music. And um, it allows oh, really? me to really just focus in on my breathing, focus in and be present in that moment. And um, I come back sometimes from runs during lunch and I'll start whiteboarding stuff that I just thought about on my run with my on team. Your run. And um, for, <laughs> for me, and everybody's different, but for me, that's what's, what I have tapped into. Yeah. So, so it is almost that form of meditation, but whereas some people sit still, which I find really difficult to do, it obviously takes practice like anything. I have found that too. When I'm on a run, it almost is like therapy, like a form of meditation, and I can get into that, um, into that state, I guess, you know? Um, so tell me about shaving the legs. I got to ask. Yeah. Man. I got to ask. Let's so, hear it. Let's yeah, my hear team it. gives me a hard time because <laughs> I, I definitely, I shave legs, chest, I think it's arms, awesome. back. Um, you know, for me, Shane, um, it, you know, people will say, oh, it helps with your, your times. Yeah, maybe there's something like that. I, I'm not fast enough to where it even makes a difference. But for yeah. me, um, it's about commitment. Yeah. Um, when I wow. go and do that, I'm telling myself, I'm reminding myself that I am committed. I've signed up for an event. I'm doing the training. This is part of it. So it, it's really just kind of a badge of commitment for me that when really? I show up to race day, I've got all my gear. I've got all my training complete. I'm shaved. I'm ready to go. So for yeah. me, it's, it's a commitment thing. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So it's not about being fast or anything. It's just about that. Um, it's about that mindset. I, I guess you're using it as a tool to prepare yourself for that next event or the, right. or the training going into that event. Right? Absolutely. Sure I, I think a lot of people have these kind of um, have these rituals. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, ritual, I think, can be a very important part to life. And, um, and it can be a very healthy thing. And so for me, that's just kind of one of my, yeah. one of my rituals. Now my wife says, and I'm traumatizing my boys when they see me outside <laughs> shaving my legs, but you know, that's what therapy's for, right? That's right. There's plenty, there's plenty of that. They got plenty of time to work on that later. Um, 
One of the questions I get, and, and I was hoping you, could, you can kind of break it down um, in a simple format, if you would, um, is what do you do at these conferences? What are these conferences for? What are you going out there for? Can you tell us a little bit about what, what foundations conferences um, are for and how they operate? Well, first, it's about sharing um, the latest research, the latest innovations, and that can be take a lot of different forms. So that's number one. Number two, it's about networking. It's about community. Um, we have a lot of professionals in our space that are in recovery. Yeah. It's hard for them to be in their home uh, communities and go to a local meeting because they may have been treating a lot of the folks that are sitting in the rooms with them, right? Yeah. So we have developed a really nice network of professionals that when they come to Nashville or Dallas or Palm Beach or um, San Diego, that they are sitting in the rooms with other professionals from all over the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they call it the traveling home group. And so that's been, that's been very important. And I think, um, you know, number three, that it would be that we have to uh, invest in our professionals. So that's why I provide um, continuing education credit for our professionals mm -hmm. that they can go uh, and that they can get re recharged, that they can get re-energized. And I think for a lot of people that I work with at foundations, you know, when you're working in the admissions center, uh, we can't help everybody. Yeah. And that is a internal struggle that we all have to deal with. Uh, not everybody is willing to accept the help that we might provide to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's every, if it's not daily, it's every week that we're calling back somebody and they, they've already lost their life. And so I think that it's important for us to invest in the, in the professional community to give them education credits and also give them a chance that they can go in, and get recharged. I, uh, I, got, I got a chance myself to uh, attend uh, one of the meetings at the San Diego conference. And I thought that was, that was the first one I had been to. And I, I guess I didn't grasp kind of the full scope of what it was. And, and you just explained it. It's, it's a community of folks who may not be able to go to those meetings in their own community because they're working with some of the, the people. And so you get in a meeting like that, um, it, I felt like a special energy in it. And it was my first time. It seemed like a lot of the, a lot of the, um, you know, the folks in the meeting had been there before and knew each other. So that, it was really cool. There was something special about it. You know, Shane, I was telling you, and, and you know a little bit about our story, I'm not personally in recovery. Yeah. And I have been so welcomed. You know, I've been with Foundations for nine years. I have been so welcomed since the very first time that I went to these open meetings at our conferences yeah. and so I feel like I have been accepted I have learned so much from these folks that are working you know in the rooms there and uh, and I think that you said it right there's an energy mm -hmm. there um, and I think it's not probably unlike the energy that's in any of the meetings that, that you go to um, but I think it's something special when people can go um, and they've not been able to maybe go to meetings in their home groups you know their yeah. hometowns they can actually come to this traveling home group and yeah. really feel that energy yeah uh, one of the things that you said that I liked, you said anonymity is not secrecy. I was hoping maybe you could elaborate on that a bit. Yeah, we were you know, talking uh, off air before we went live, and I think that for me, uh, being a person who's coming from the outside, and I'm 48 now, um, so I've been working you know, in, this, in, in this space since my late 30s, and for me coming in, being new, I was you know, really surprised uh, when we started Heroes in Recovery and we would ask people to share their stories, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't, yeah. I can't break the covenants. And, and I get it, we're so supportive of, of the 12-step traditions and the covenants. 
but anonymity is not secrecy. Yeah. And I think that there is an appropriate time. It's not for not for everybody, but there's an appropriate time to share. Yeah. And I think that what we've tried to do is create a platform to where when people are ready, when it's their time, that they can have somewhere safe that they can share. And so much of our culture wants to share the train wreck. Yeah. And that's yeah. not what we want to share. Mm-hmm. We want to share the success. And we also want to recognize the people that helped enable that success. And I think that I was telling you earlier, I feel like for myself as being somebody who um, is an outsider in a lot of ways uh, from the recovery community, that I serve as a bridge because I am so surprised that we don't have a tighter connection between the recovery community um, and the non-recovery community. And I think it's because of the moral judgment that people who aren't in recovery have to people in recovery. Yeah. And yeah. I think that I spend a lot of my waking moments making sure that we're breaking down those barriers because we don't have those barriers when it comes to uh, breast cancer awareness. Yeah. We don't have those barriers when it comes to diabetes or AIDS. And um, I think that's something that we have to deal with as a society that um, we have failed those in recovery, that, that we still make it a moral judgment. It's really cool to hear you say that, man. So thank you. I just like, thank you. Like seriously, because you're, you're right. Like it's not, there's all different types of people involved in this community and industry. And it takes all different types of people wearing different hats to make it successful and make that thing um, run smoothly. And so you get to come in with this perspective um, that's, that's not necessarily from that, but you're helping to bridge that gap, which is really, really cool. You know, Shane, it's when I talk to people who are um, not as knowledgeable, you know, in the space about mental health yeah. or about substance use disorder. And we have to recognize that in this country, we are blessed that because there are so many people in recovery that we now are getting access to treatment. It wasn't yeah. that long ago that insurance didn't cover any type of substance use. Yeah. And a lot of times didn't cover a lot of mental health. Um, it's not that long ago that employers would allow you to take time off. We've made some strides. And I believe that that is because there are people in decision-making roles that are in recovery themselves. And we need to recognize those businesses. We need to recognize those payers, those government officials that are making it possible for us to save lives. Yeah, And that's something that, because we don't really have an overarching um, group that speaks for us, Um, that's the big hole. And so that's why we, you know, we want to try to figure out how to, you know, and through our conferences and through our heroes movement, try to bring people together on some common, you know, platform. And I think the work that, that you're doing with your podcast, you reach so many people. And I think that we just have to recognize that we need to, we need to tell these EAPs. Thank you. Yeah. We need to tell the payers. Thank you. Yeah. Because it's important. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, and thank you for that. I appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Um, You've mentioned Heroes a couple times, so I'd like to touch on that. Um, Heidi and the team over at Heroes um, is is just awesome. Great thing going on there. I'd like to have you explain a little bit for the listeners out there about Heroes in Recovery, um, what it's about, and then maybe if if you don't mind, you can talk about the inspiration for Heroes Recovery and how that kind of evolved. Yeah, it started, Shane, six years ago, I believe, when Betty Ford passed away. We were reflecting as a team on her impact to the recovery community. And we had known her primarily from her work at the Betty Ford Center. Mm -hmm. I was surprised when we were reading her obituary 
that she came on the scene first in 1974 as one of the first public figures yeah. to share that she suffered from breast cancer. The media at the time would not refer to it as breast cancer. They called it female cancer. Really? I didn't know that. That's we were, we were so surprised because if you compare 1974 and then in 1976, she shared her personal struggle with alcohol. In the intervening 40 years, where has breast cancer awareness gone in this country? It's taken off. Huge. Thanks to her, thanks to Susan G. Komen, Livestrong, we're doing 5Ks to raise money for awareness and research all over the country. The NFL wears pink shoes every year. Yeah. It is, we wear the ribbons. Uh, there are bumper stickers. I mean, you drive anywhere. So what is different about breast cancer awareness and recovery? Yeah. Why is it that we can't have that same impact? So then we said to ourselves, okay, let's look at some other stigmatized groups. And being 48, I grew, I graduated high school in 87, so I clearly remember the AIDS crisis in the late 80s, early yeah. 90s. And I remember the uh, stigma that was being put um, on you know, young gay males. And when you look at a group that was not allowed in a lot of cemeteries to be buried, they weren't allowed access to health care, they weren't allowed to be in funeral homes, they were ostracized. How was it that in the late 80s, early 90s, they've overcome? And now we've got the red campaign. I mentioned to you, I just saw you two on Friday night in Louisville. And, you know, now we're out there wearing the red ribbons. Yeah. We're, we're raising money for research. It's, it's like now, and, and look what's happened. You can take one pill a day now. And we're making a lot of advances and strides. Well, it's because there was a group of activists in the, in the mid-80s. Clive Owen was one of the ones that led it in San Francisco. They started quilting. They started doing quilts for each of their friends that died. Oh, wow. And these quilts were being quilted not only by them, but by their mothers, by their grandmothers. They had so many quilts that they were able to display them in the late 80s at the National Mall in Washington, D.C. And Clive Owen said, you know, how did you know that you were making such an impact or this was going to make an impact? And he said, I knew that as soon as we got the mamas and the grandmamas involved, that Congress... <laughs> Right, yeah. and elected officials yeah. are gonna start paying attention. And so that's a great success story in overcoming stigma. Yeah, Betty sure. Ford's a great success story in overcoming the stigma of breast cancer. We have got to figure out what is, when, when are we gonna get our social movement that's gonna yeah. allow people to honestly uh, share, but then honestly have some action taken to benefit them because our death rates for alcohol and for mental health disease continue to go up. Yeah. Whereas breast cancer, it's go, those death rates are going down. Aid death rates are going down. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. They're going down because of the awareness, right? Because of that. We're, we're, talk, we're talking about them now. And so that's the tough thing is just talking about um, recovery, talking about, hey, I have an addiction problem, an alcohol problem. Um, so that's what Heroes in Recovery is, though, right? That's what that's it's, right. it's raising awareness. It's doing six Ks, um, and you're doing them all over the place, right? So if there's anyone we, out there listening in certain communities, they're everywhere. We started um, with one six K in Nashville five years ago, mm -hmm. and it was so successful because we weren't sure is yeah. anybody is, is it, will anyone show up? Yeah, but we were so uh, surprised and elated at the at the response in Nashville, Tennessee that we had like 400 people show up in, in a little country town called Leapers Fork south of Nashville that we said, I think we may be onto something. Yeah. And so we've expanded <laughs> it now. We have a dozen around the country now in most, most major metropolitan areas. And, and we're growing them every year. And we're doing it 
by having you know sponsors like we do at our conferences. Yeah. We're networking with the recovery community, and the whole and we're, there's always a charity that's associated with each race that we can raise money for, and so it's really bringing everybody together and saying we want to say thank you, uh, but we also want to say that we're here and that we need to raise awareness. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, and the thing with heroes, you can share your story if you're ready. And you can share it anonymously if you, if you want to share it anonymously too. And the thing is, it's not, the hero is not just a person recovering. They, they are a hero. But we also want to recognize the small business owners that allow their employees to take off for yeah. 30 days. We want to recognize the grandparents that may watch the kids while their son or daughter get help. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's a really important part of this. The, yeah. the person recovery, obviously very critical, but we also have to recognize those that are making it possible. Yeah, that's such a, such a good point, Lee, because we, we tend to focus only on the person needing help. You know, at, in, in, in the, the face of it, I guess, uh, when I went to treatment myself, um, you know, I, I had to make that decision. It, it was a hard decision, you know, because I had to leave behind my wife and my two-year-old at the time and go away from work and, I have bills to pay and all those things. And, you know, thank God I had um, some support in that, you know, in, in, a, in, in my company, with my family. And it is such an a, a important piece of that. Uh, and to bring light and, and, and give them some love and some honor, too. So super, super cool. Um, we did, I, I told you about this before, before we got going, too, is Jess and I did a, um, a little show yesterday at the end of the day. And one of the things that she kept saying um, you know, that, that I, it just kept making me smile was how, how, how genuine foundations, um, team is and, and how, uh, how you guys care, I guess. And so I was hoping you could just talk about that a little bit. You know, we, we work, um, we, you know, we work in a very open environment at our office. If, yeah. if anybody's ever in Nashville, you know, you're welcome to call me or contact me. I would love to give you a tour, but I, th I think it starts with the transparency and openness. Yeah. And, um, I think that, uh, we don't have cubes. And I think that the work that everybody is doing, we have been able to translate their daily routine, which some of it's mundane, um, everywhere from the race coordinators to alumni uh, coordinators to web developers to content writers to SEO specialists to graphic designers. They know the personal impact they are having on people's lives. So yeah. I think that's very it's a crucial component to what makes us different than, than maybe a lot of different you know, yeah. places. Yeah. Um, we come to these conferences, we support these conferences, and we're able to get to know those that are, that are the healers, those that are touching the lives. Yeah. Uh, and we know um, that for us that, that's our, that it's very mission-oriented. And so I think that that's what allowed us to build a team that can be very successful, that can pay the bills, that can raise families, that can live in a good area. Um, but that they know that our primary purpose is that we have to save lives. And, and none yeah. of us, I mean, in marketing, we're not medical professionals. Yeah. Um, and so I think for a lot of folks, especially this younger generation, the millennial generation, a lot of people criticize millennials. I, I do not because they are very mission focused and yeah. very mission oriented. And I'm just, I'm just proud to be able to have um, a, played a small part in creating a team that allows them to match their mission yeah. Uh, with their professional work, how how do you feel like has it been challenging for you for for you and the team to uh, um, kind of transition and and or I don't know if transition is the right word. Um, let me kind of reframe that up. Stuff in the 
with digital age and um, you know traditional recovery program, that stuff's changing. And if we're not if we're not changing, which which can sometimes be difficult, I always feel like I'm not progressing if I'm not changing, right? So how do you how do you guys stay up to date on that and just keep pushing forward? You guys do a great job at that, and I, I know it's not easy. Um, how do you guys kind of approach that? Um, the first thing is innovation. Yeah, uh, we challenge conventional thinking all the time. It's awesome. Um, and so we are very fortunate that we go to what we send our folks out for conferences, for training. Uh, we're encouraged to read, um, to stay up to date. Um, and you know, whether it's doing podcasting, whether it's doing virtual tours, uh, we've got two drones. Our videographers are <laughs> yeah. drone certified now. They do I mean, a great job. We. Um, want to keep pushing the envelope because we're really matching up Shane with medical advancements. Yeah. Because uh, guess what? Our country is not standing still. Yeah. And so um, if we're making advancements in treatment and uh, new new therape- uh, therapeutic modalities, well, that has to translate to everything. We yeah. have to be innovative when it comes to billing and creating new accountable organizations, right? With health insurance, we have to create new ways of reaching people um, and removing that stigma. And so we can't just sit by and say, hey, you know, we were doing Yellow Pages and it was working just <laughs> fine. Well, guess what? Yeah. The Yellow Pages is like a doorstop nowadays, it's right? A out the door. <laughs> I'm sure the folks at Buried Network are gonna be very upset that yeah. I said that. But, but I think that that's, that's what we've tried to, to tell our team yeah. is that we all have a, a role and we really have a duty to innovate because yeah. that is what our country is built on. That's what really uh, makes America, you know, special. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, I got one last question oh, for Shane, you. And Shane, let me yes. say one th- And yes. see, I think that that's been one of the things that I have been so excited about. Again, not being somebody who, who um, has not personally lived uh, in recovery, but I, I get so excited to see all these new ways to express yeah. uh, the traditions, the 12 steps, yep. and to see how, and I think that's all innovation. You know, we do yeah. a lot of work with with um, David Smith and, and Noah Levine with Refuge Recovery yeah. uh, and Dharma Punks, and I'm just so supportive because it's they're innovating. Mm-hmm. Now, they would say that they were here first, you know, because, <laughs> you know, Buddha's older, but, yeah. but I'm saying that that's what I think is so great about this country is that we have that special opportunity where we can innovate. If somebody has a new idea, let's test it. Yeah, let's and check it, it out. And, it, and it's going to be embraced. And I think that that's yeah. one thing that I wanted to say something about relapse. Because I think that we sometimes in this country expect that I sent you to treatment. Why are you not fixed? Yeah. We don't seem to have that same attitude when it comes to cancer treatment. Oh, well, I, I, I sent you to your treatment. Why, why is the cancer still there? Yeah. Um, and I think that we have got to really change the mindset and we have to be open that, you know, our bodies are very complicated. Our minds are very complicated and that uh, what works for you may not work for me. Yeah. And, um, it's, it, and we have got to quit morally judging people um, because a certain treatment episode may not have stuck with them. Yeah. Or work. Them. I think I think Jess was talking about what Glenn Doyle said yesterday. You know, um, if they relapse and they're and they're broken, what do we we have to fix them? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that that's that just rings with me too because, like you said, not everything that works or something that works for some you know certain person might not work for the other person. And with all the new technology coming out, innovation coming out, there's all different kinds of, of, um, of opportunities, 
of different connections being made. And if we're so stuck on one certain way is the only way, how are we going to expand that? There's a lot of people that get turned away by that and they don't ever come back. Some of them die because they, they've been told, well, this is the only way you can do it. Well, no, we got to take a look at the broad perspective and understand that there is a lot of different ways and there's a lot of different people to connect with that you might relate to. You know what I mean? Can you imagine if we told a person suffering with breast cancer, this is your only shot. Yeah. Your only shot. Man. We don't, yeah. it, 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 when I, when I tell my friends who are not in recovery, when I challenge them like that, yeah. they, all of a sudden they go, Oh yeah, you're right. Different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, man. All right. Well, I got one last question for you. I'll let you get out of here. Sure. I know you got stuff to do. Um, what do you love most about, about the work that you do Lee? Wow. There's a lot of things I love Shane about what I do every day, but I would probably say that the people that I have met and been exposed to, if I had not chosen to, um, join foundations nine years ago, I would have, my, my life would not be as rich as it is today. And I think that, uh, that's probably the, the thing that I'm most proud of is to get to meet people who I probably maybe would have judged, Yeah. you know, or yeah. I would not have been associated with. And I think that that's something I feel like that, um, that my mind, my heart, my eyes were open quite a bit. And I'm, and I'm really just excited that I get to work and, and support, you know, people like you that are doing the great work, people yeah, like our you. medical staff and our professionals. So. so I understand people can follow you on Twitter at P.L. Pepper. Is that P. right? P.L. Pepper. And I apologize. I don't do a whole lot of uh, posting, but uh, you'll, you'll, you'll notice I get active when it's uh, triathlon season. <laughs> All right. And uh, you can find more information at foundationsrecoverynetwork.com. If anyone wanted to reach out, is there any other spots that could do that, Lee? Uh, Twitter's a really good way to reach me. It's funny. I, I end up doing a lot of communications on Twitter. It's probably just the yeah. easiest way to do it. P.L. Pepper at gmail.com. And you can, you can always uh, you know, Google me. Uh, awesome. Yeah, no problem. And you can always call if you call any of our foundation's numbers. They will connect you to me as long as you're not trying to sell me something. <laughs> Lee, it's been an honor, man. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks, Shane. Thanks for joining us in Nashville at Innovations in Behavioral Healthcare. Sober Guy Radio coming to you live from Nashville. We're having a blast out here. Hope you're having a great day. Phenomenal sober experience. Go to thatsoberguy.com for more information. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean. <laughs>